Hey, this is Pastor David. Thanks for plugging in today. I believe that this word from God will encourage you, challenge you, and help direct you toward your destiny. A new commandment I give unto you, Jesus said, that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and understanding, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. Let's get right into the word. There's no one like our God, no one at all. Gave his son for us, Jesus the Lord. Who can love us like he does? Welcome, everybody, and thanks for joining us. We're talking about Now Is Your Time. It was a message that was released on Sunday at Strong Tower, July 24th. I'm sitting here, as always, with my beautiful bride, Tanya Vidal, to my left. Do you want to say hi? Hi, everybody. So in uh, Mark 16, 15, it says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know, we worship a right-now God. Amen. We do. He's a, he's a right-now God. And the Bible's filled with stories. It doesn't, I mean, if you can start in any book of the Bible and you're going to find stories, I would encourage everybody to um, get through their whole Bible from Genesis to maps. Um, if nothing else, I know it seems daunting. It's a really good book, right? If, if nothing else, it's a, it's a really, really good book to read. And it's filled with these stories about how God provides and how God protects. You know, so, so many people think that God is like this just mean bully in the sky. who's just waiting, you know, like that, that kid above the anthill, waiting to just squish these ants and, and just act like, I guess, like a human would act right. like if he was God. <laughs> but, but actually how God is, is he is a provider. He, he protects, he heals. You know, the Bible is filled with God healing his people. I was, right. so he's, he's a provider, he's a protector, he, he's, a healer, but here's what's interesting, Tanya. Here's here's what it what's interesting about how he heals and provides and protects. It's always right now. Hmm. It's always in that moment, and that that's what I think is is just so interesting about it. Like that we worship this right now, God, and I think it's interesting that scripture that we started with. He said, "Go into all the world," right? He said, "Go into all the world." It would be much much different if Jesus said, "Prepare." to go into all the world, but he doesn't say that. It doesn't say prepare. It says go. Like God is this right now God, and he says, he says go now. So in, in what ways can we go into the world? What, is, what does that mean for me in 2022? What does that mean for me as a Christian today to, to go into the world? To go into the world, like go to work. Go to where the world is. You go to where the people are, go to the marketplace, go to, you know, go to the, go to Walmart, go to, go where people gather. Get involved in something. Right. Like do something. Like be part of your community. Yeah. Or be part of a community. Yeah. Be part of it. So for those of you who don't know, um, Pastor Tanya and I, before we got, um, when we got called into uh, ministry, specifically senior leadership, it became, evangelism became very difficult for us. Right, right, because we are just around the church people. Not only are we just around church people, you're exactly right, but we're not just around church people, but it seems like when people find out that we're pastors, they just expect for us to put on the pastor shtick. Right. Right, like we're just going to, you know, they expect to hear it from us. We've tried uh, more diligently um, since, we, since we got involved in ministry to also be involved in our community. And so we do things that right. that seem very unrelated 
to <laughs> church and church activity mm-hmm. um, so that we can be in the community so that we can still be in use for God. Like, what'd right. you say? Get out there and get, get to work. Go, yeah. go get go to, to work. work. Yeah. Go to work. So, so we're like, how do we do this? How do we, how do we get out into the community? And, and, um, it's funny because people, um, we don't hide it from people that we're right. pastors, but we don't, it's not like we wear it on our t-shirts. Right. And so when people find out, it's, it's usually very interesting. They're like, Oh, I, I found out you were a pastor. I, I heard you were a pastor. And mm-hmm. it's really, really interesting. And some people, try to clean it up a little bit. You know, you can see them kind of, do you ever get this? Always. Yeah. Where you see people kind of thinking about all the conversations that they had, like trying to remember if they told you something that was like revealing or, or embarrassing or yeah. something that you wouldn't say at church. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but we should go into the world. We, we should, we should go into the world. We should go and, and do, do things. Don't we live such comfortable lives. Right. Look, don't get me wrong. I love the house that the Lord has provided for us. He's provided such an amazing place for us. And he always has, hasn't yeah. he? he? He's always provided just, a, just a, a safe and awesome place for us. But it's easy to allow the safe place that God has created for us to become our prison. Right. Where we go, I'm just going to go work. And then as soon as I'm done working, I'm going to come home. I'm going to binge on the, on the thing. I'm going to mow the lawn. I got to... I got to do the dishes. You know, we get trapped. We get trapped in our little prison. And we're, we're, we're not going. Right. We're not going. Jesus said to go. How come you're not going? You know, we got we to gotta go into the world. And there's real easy ways to do that. Just, just, like, just like you said to you, like to, to go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're probably going to go there anyways. Yeah. You know, or, or the mall or wherever it is, that, that, the coffee shop. So how do we go? Like, let's say I do. What is, so what does that mean? Um, if I'm going to go into the world and, and, and preach the gospel to every creature. So does that mean, uh, well, let me just take the, the polar opposites. So we've got, uh, I'm a hunter, right? Not actually, I don't hunt animals, but <laughs> when I shop, I'm a hunter. Okay. Like if we need milk, I'm going to go in, I'm going to get the milk and I'm going to go directly to the checkout and I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you're more of a gatherer. Mm-hmm. So if you go to the store for milk, you're going to grab a cart and circle a couple of aisles and grab a few other things that we need. Well, definitely. Okay, so there's hunter-gatherer, <laughs> right? So if I'm, like, let's use Walmart for an example. So if I'm going to the Walmart, mission-minded, uh, uh, Jesus-minded, I, I don't want to be the guy that's standing on the soapbox out front saying, you know, trying to preach the gospel uh, by yelling at people as they walk in. Right. And I also can't be the hunter. Right. The guy that just goes in, puts his head down, his horse blinders on, grabs the one thing, and then... And then goes. So what does it look like to you to go to Walmart, mission-minded, Jesus-minded, to be out into the world, practically? Oh, easy. Um, first, it's always, it's always keeping... I, I never end a conversation with God at amen and then I'm done. You know, it's, it's always an open conversation. So there's a conversation that happens before I leave my house. Lord, open my eyes. Show me, show me something. Show me someone. Highlight, highlight that today. And wherever or whoever that is, I'll go there and, you know, lay hands or pray for somebody or encourage somebody, um, do something nice, you know, just show me. And then when I leave, um, you know, that's probably why I get so many more things because <laughs> I'm looking, I, I'm on a search, not for milk, you know, as, as the, the example goes, I'm not searching for milk. I'm searching for a highlight for a, that one there, go, um, 
to encourage or to bless or to pray for or whatever the assignment at the time is. I don't know until I get there. I go, I look, I'm, you know, okay, Lord, what about that person? They're, you know, they're, they're wearing a cast. Should I pray for them? And sometimes it's, hey, go, go talk to them. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it might be like a little old person who might just be lonely and want to talk to somebody. But the thing is always being open. Um, as I said in a previous episode, one ear on the kingdom and one eye on the world. Yeah, it sounds like an exciting way to live. Oh, yeah, definitely. Sounds like a trip to Walmart would be like, oh, this can be fun. It's hunting ground. <laughs> it, it is because, you know, I mean, if you've ever been to a Walmart, there's always something going on at Walmart. <laughs> so you know that you're going to find um, something to get into for the Lord. So you said so many things. I wish we could have a podcast for like <laughs> 10 of those things. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get you to, to do a pearl on, on some of those things that you said about um and we're just talking about this one little thing like going to walmart but you you hit so many little things that i i would love to spend the next 10 or 15 minutes talking about we just we just can't but one thing that i do want you to explain just a little bit further because i think we can understand the general like niceties if you see a need that you can fulfill help if you see somebody who's struggling with their cart go push it for them right. or you know unload or whatever the little things like so so those i think are kind of self-explanatory although i would like to drill down on those more we don't have the time for that but what we do what i would like to talk about is let's say that the lord leads you to pray for somebody and you're going to you're going to pray for somebody in the middle of walmart and for you and i this is like feels like super super normal right. but for I think most Christians, they might think like, oh, this is, this is a little strange or I'm really putting myself out there. How do we initiate that conversation? It's a two-part question. How do we initiate that conversation with a total stranger without coming across as weird? And how do we pray for that individual without causing a big scene and, and you know, making it kind of spill out? Because like, if I was Joe Shopper and you came up to me and you were able to break through my shell and I agreed to let you pray for me, I would be chiefly concerned with what all the other shoppers thought right. when they saw that happen. So um, is there a way to pray for somebody in a discreet and kind of normal manner that is genuine and authentic? So two-part question, how, how do you initiate that conversation with a total stranger? And two, how do, how do I... Um, make this whole interaction not weird or bringing a bunch of attention to it? I think uh, the first part, how do I initiate a conversation, goes back to just being myself. Other people have different methods or different ways of trying to break the ice. I'm, I'm kind of an upfront kind of person. So usually I'll just be like, oh, man, how'd you break yourself? You know, if I see a cast, oh, man, how'd you break yourself? What'd you fall off of? You know, did you fight a ninja? It just anything. And then usually they'll open up and they'll tell me like, oh, this is what happens. So that's kind of how I just break the ice. Okay. What about, what about prayer? And then praying for them, I'm just like, oh, man, that sucks. It looks like it hurts. Hey, can I pray for you? Just real quick. And sometimes they're like, oh. And I'm like, you know, I promise I'll be quick. You know, I just, I believe God heals and wants to heal you. So um, if you'd allow me, I would love to pray for you. And it's always a let me do this for you. Like, let please um, let me serve you. Um, it would it would be an honor to me. Yeah. Like, you know, all, like you, all you have to do is receive. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's your whole like, role. You don't have to do anything. It's and how how much it would mean to me, because usually people are like, oh, I want to be, you know, kind to them or I want to I want to do the right thing for other people. And that's 
my thing too is like, hey man, it would it would mean a lot if you would let me pray for you. Yeah, I I have um, a very similar approach um, as well. Not just like you know ice breaking. I probably break the ice a little different than you. And and having been out with you doing this as long as we have, I can tell um, our listeners that with great certainty, um, your smile is very disarming. <laughs> right, like when you approach people, you have like a, a smile that lights up the whole store. So it's like it, that already is, is very disarming. So, um, many times I think we just get mission minded and we get in the focus and we forget to tell our face that God is in a good mood. Right. Right. And so, uh, it's when, when you approach somebody with a smile, it's, ve- it's very disarming. Right. But I do the same thing you do actually, um, when it comes to the, the time where you get to pray for that person. I always reassure them, like, hey, I'm not going to make this weird. Yeah. I'm not going to bring a bunch of attention to us. It's going to be real fast. I'm just going to ask the Lord to heal you because I believe that he heals. Yeah. And all you have to do is is just stand there and receive it. That's yep. it. That's all you have to do. I'm not going to make you say anything or, you know, or, or do anything strange. Right. And then it's just like, God, you said, I believe. Thank you for healing this person. Mm-hmm. Very quick. Very easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you. Thank you for letting me do that. Yeah, so we're talking about the fact that that God is a right now God, mm-hmm. and He wants to be right now where wherever you're at. So you need to put yourself in a, in a place where you can have a right now experience with Him, right. because we all want to experience God. But if I'm locked up in my safe little prison at home, you know, and I, again, I love my home, and I I love that you know God's done such an amazing job. But he's such a great provider right. to us. But I don't want that provision to become an idol to me. Exactly. And and I got to get out there. I got to put myself out in a place where I can have a right now experience with God. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to tell you a quick story that's going to sound a little unrelated, but but it's to- <laughs> it's totally related because we spend so much time uh, like gathering treasures on this earth, but they they always seem to disappoint us. We spend we scheme over things. So I remember uh, when. Uh, early, early, early on in our in our marriage, I think we we might be married two years. We had uh, two vehicles, but one of them was just hanging on by a thread. Yeah. And I decided that I wanted one of my vehicles to be a motorcycle. Like I I had mentioned earlier on that I was um I was in a I grew up in a motorcycle family. I've always had a motorcycle, and there was a really short period of my life where I didn't have one and I felt a very, a very strong need for one. And I, I told uh, Tanya that it would be my vehicle. I would ride it. I'd figure out how to, how to do it in the winter. And, you know, we lived in Colorado and like I I spent many, many years on it with just a motorcycle, even through the winter. And uh, it's not always comfortable, but, and, you know, I was young, foolish and all those things. And I was like, you know, true to form, T is like, hey, you work so hard. This is what's on your heart. And we, we just really, we want to do everything that we can to make sure that you have a, a motorcycle so that you can, you know, enjoy your life. And, and we made huge sacrifices. Tanya did. And, and the kids. We, we, everybody made huge sacrifices so that I could, could get a motorcycle. And I found one. And uh, it was, you know, it was, it was a stretch. It wasn't new by any means, you know, and I, what, I don't know what people are thinking when they're listening, but, you know, we were, we were scraping to get money together to make this thing happen. So I finally, finally, we get there, and it's, it's the moment, and, and we, you know, we didn't have to take a loan, and we had scraped together this money. Tanya was excited, and Heaven was excited, and, and you know, everybody's excited. I buy the motorcycle. Tanya drove me there with Heaven. 
I, you know, I was like, I had schemed, I had dreamed about this thing. I, I told everybody about it. I had pictures of it on my wall. I mean, for like the last two years, I had been just like obsessing about this motorcycle. And for clarity, heaven is our daughter, not like I drove him with the kingdom. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> heaven is a person. Um, so we're leaving the motorcycle shop and I'm in front of uh, Tanya, who's driving behind with Heaven in the car. And I, you know, I, I did a couple little speed bursts and then I'm like zigging back and forth. I'm warming up the tires and, um, you know, getting the front wheel off the ground just a little bit. And you know, the things that I like to do on, on the motorcycle. Uh, and after about, I'm going to say it was probably about six minutes. <laughs> It was probably, we were probably six minutes into our ride. We're in like one of the most beautiful canyons in Boulder. We're going right down the, the um, down baseline, right by the reservoir. It just absolutely beautiful. Houses and man, the air was crisp and it was perfect. Everything about it was perfect. And I remember looking down at the speedometer and then looking into my rear view and seeing Tanya in the car behind me, knowing that heaven was in the car too. And I said, I hate this. I couldn't believe it. I had schemed so hard. I had, I had pushed and, and twisted and, and connived in order to get this physical thing that I wanted. And moments, moments after I owned the thing, it was empty. It, the, the thrill lasted maybe, maybe six minutes. The excitement, the joy of it, the oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I finally did it. We made this happen. It was empty. I was by myself. Matthew 6, 19, 21 says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. You know, God calls those true riches. God calls the treasures in heaven true riches. See, we think things here on earth motorcycles and other things, we think those things are, true, are, are riches, right? And they might be riches, but God says he's interested in, in true riches. So I'm going to continue. It says, he says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy or thieves do not break into steel. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And here I was on this motorcycle that we had schemed for and, and sacrificed for you know, monetarily, we'd made big sacrifices, like people wore shoes way too long or didn't get proper jackets or gloves in the wintertime, you know, so we could put 10 more dollars into dad's motorcycle fund. You know, people, we made real sacrifices for that. And in fairness, I did need a vehicle, um, but it would have been much wiser to, to get something with four doors. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I just, I wanted this thing so bad and I spent so much time on it. And I realized that I had just invested so much of my life and so much of my heart into something that didn't matter. That was where all my treasure was, was being invested. And you know, God says that he will provide all that we need. And in my experience, he's provided nearly all of my wants as well. He really has. The thing is, it puts us in a mindset that happiness and fulfillment and enlightenment are all things that are, that are out on the horizon, that proverbial carrot on a stick. We fuss and we scheme to get things. It all seems like a trap to me now. It, it keeps us focused on temporal things rather than eternal things, right? Now, now is your time. Now is our time mm -hmm. to focus our lives on, on things that really matter.
So how does knowing that God is a right now God change your perspective on the need and ability to reach the lost? Well, I think really it's just the, the go, is, is hitting the go. Like you said before, God said go, not prepare. And so it's okay to go and feel unprepared. It's okay to go and feel unprepared because God's going to answer that. Um, God is going to give you what you need in the moment. You've just got to hit that moment. You've just got to be in the moment. And unless you go to have the moment, you're not going to receive. And so it's really just the getting the, I was going to say courage, but it's not really the courage to leave your house. It's the faith. Because if we really believe what God said in his word and we are living like we believe it, then it doesn't take courage to know God's going to come through. It takes faith. And how does that, how does that, the, the trap of scheming and fussing to get the things that we want prevent us from going? Well, I think honestly, as far as like your story about the motorcycle, you, you hated it after six minutes because you looked in the rear view and your wife and daughter are in the car. Like you thought your heart was in the motorcycle. Your heart was in the car and you didn't realize it. Should have bought a car. <laughs> or rode with us. <laughs> yeah, so we should have towed the motorcycle. <laughs> that has sucked the fun all out of it too, right? <laughs> or delayed the inevitable. <laughs> it's important that we understand we are in relationship with a right now God. Mm-hmm. And as you said so well, we have to be willing to put ourselves in situations where he can be who he is. God's not going to be who he's not. Right. He's only going to be who he is. And he is a right now God. And if we don't put ourselves in situations where he can be right now, we're not going to experience him. We're just not going to experience him. Right. And if we spend our lives fussing and scheming uh, to have and to get and to collect, we're, it's a distraction. It's a trap to keep us, I believe. It's a, it's a trap that keeps us from going. It's a trap that, that ke- now, sure, at the motorcycle shop, I, there could have been opportunities there to, to share the gospel. So I'm not saying that you shouldn't do those things. But I am saying that if we get so wrapped up in, in what culture desires for us, I got to have all the new things. I got to have the, the biggest house. I got to have the boat. I got to have the, and I'm, look, God's, I don't believe God's against those things. I don't believe that he's against those things at all. I think he wants to style you out. I think he's going to bless you to the point in which your character won't falter. And if you want more things, you should you should really desire to change your character because God will he'll never give you something that's going to break you. He's never going to give you something that's going to ultimately destroy you. And so it really is a, a, a character shift. But I do think that there's a trap that we can fall into where... We get so caught up in worldly goods and worldly possessions and worldly things that we lose our focus and we lose our drive to go. We're, we're going for something different. We're always going to go, but we need to go for the kingdom. Right. I think what you go for, you will gain. If you're going for the world, you're going to gain the world. If you're going for the kingdom, then we'll gain that for the Lord. The message is called, Now is Your Time. It was preached on Sunday, July 24th, and it's available on YouTube.
Thanks again for listening. Without your faithful support, we wouldn't be able to do the work that God has called us to. If you know someone who would be blessed by what you just heard, please pass this along. At Strong Tower, we believe that you are a unique expression of God's love and creativity, and we consider it an honor to be a part of your journey. There's no one like